Welcome to Camp Wildheart. I'm your host slash head counselor, Mackenzie Dunham. I'm so glad you're here. Consider this first episode your new camper orientation. Just like any camp, we've got some rules. Rules help us learn what's inbounds and what's out of bounds, what behavior is encouraged and what's off limits. And again, just like any camp, the rules help to keep people from getting hurt. We can't prevent every bump or scrape, but our goal is to keep anyone from drowning. I'm going to share exactly what our camp rules are in just a minute. But first, I think it's probably important for me to tell you exactly why I do this work and why I'm so passionate about helping parents navigate the ins and outs of nurturing their transgender kids. So I come from a really weird combination of conservative Christian upbringing and mental illness. Nearly every man in my family is a minister, and every woman in my family has contemplated, attempted, or succeeded at suicide. But I'm sure that's just a coincidence. In my home growing up, I was definitely taught that it wasn't okay to be LGBTQ at all. Most of my family doesn't believe that anymore, but knowing that there was something that I could be or do that would make me unlovable to my family was enough to send me to therapy for some early onset anxiety. It wasn't until I was in high school when my boyfriend of five months came out and I really started to understand what LGBTQ kids face every day. And I really couldn't understand how someone I loved and cared for so much, someone who treated me so well and who was adored by my family, lost all value to them just because he was gay. I do this work because kids deserve to be loved unconditionally and because no person should ever feel so lonely, sad, desperate, and unlovable that they feel that the best option is to end their life. And that's something that trans kids try to do a lot. Who wouldn't want kids to not want to kill themselves? This just feels like a no-brainer to me. Today, I work with parents to create safer, affirming, loving environments for their trans kids. I work with trans kids to help them see that they can be fully themselves and be completely and utterly lovable at the same time. Each week at Camp Wildheart, you'll hear from parents who are bravely sharing their stories. Some of these stories will have moments of joy and celebration. Many times, the parents I talk to will be sharing the times they sat in the dark, made big mistakes, or just felt confused and alone. As you listen, I have some things I want you to keep in mind. These are our camp rules, if you will. Number one, keep your judgments to yourself. The parents at Camp Wildheart are sharing with you some of their darkest moments in their parenting careers. I promise you, the last thing they need is to be judged. If you've ever parented in public, you know the pain of grocery store side eyes. Thank God there isn't a comment section on the parenting moments where I was wading through the mess of growing. Parenthood is its own unique roller coaster. I've heard it described as letting your heart walk around outside your body. That feels really accurate to me. When I think about all the losses I've experienced and all the things that I've been through throughout my life, the only thing I can really imagine that would wreck me, like really wreck me, is the loss of one of my kids. We dream and fantasize about the lives of our children and our family, and any number of things can throw that off. When a child has a medical condition or a disability, or when their temperament is not a good fit with ours, or sometimes it's just different than what we pictured parenthood to be like, it can bring up a wide range of feelings. The thing of it is, no matter what unique family experiences your child's life leads you through, there is no roadmap, and we're really all trying the best we can 
to raise healthy, well-adjusted kids that become citizens who add to the value of society. Okay, well, I shouldn't speak for you, but that's what, that's what it is for me. That's what I'm aiming for. And I know firsthand that parenting is not for the faint at heart. It's hard work when kids have nothing atypical about them, nothing stigmatized or prejudiced working against them or you. But add to it a layer like gender expansiveness, and you're walking straight into oncoming traffic on the freeway at night with no reflective clothing. Or at least that's what it can feel like for some parents. But I really want to acknowledge and be clear that not every parent experiences loss, confusion, or grief around their child's gender. Some welcome it and celebrate it and are delighted at the idea that their child has the resilience and courage to march to their own beat. I've been a clinician for nearly a decade now, and I'm yet to meet two families with the exact same story and or experience. Every one of us has different experiences along the way of our gender journey. And I truly believe that parents do the best they can and want the best for their kids, even when they go about it in ways that I would never encourage. This is the premise we're working from. And that's why passing judgment on the parents you hear from on the podcast is off limits. Rule number two, conversion therapy is abuse. I'm not going to tell you what you need to do to detrans your kid. We don't do that here. And any attempt to convert a person from their identified gender or sexuality is absolutely harmful and abusive. Got it? Conversion therapy is abuse. That's it. That's the rule. Number three, Shame is not a tool for change. I'm not going to shame you or any other parent ever. There are going to be times when parents share their darkness. And when they do, I expect there will be listeners who want me to shame them for their mistakes. I won't. It isn't effective. Just like you can't shame a child into being cisgender, no one can shame a parent into being affirming. You'll only hear me giving parents compassion, empathy, generosity, and love. That's true for the parents I interview and every parent I've ever and will ever work with. I'm trained in eight different parenting curricula and none of them tell me that the best way to teach a parent or child anything is through shaming them. If anything, it tells me the least effective way to move someone to a place of love and empathy is through shame. Even though you're undoubtedly going to hear things on the podcast that make you uncomfortable, I encourage you to remember that this is only one piece of someone's story you're hearing, and it's probably the messiest parts. Everyone wants to skip over the messy middle, and I get it because the messy middle sucks, but we can't. It really is where the magic happens. If you have ever read anything about me as a clinician, or if you've ever had a conversation with me for that matter, or if you've ever been in my kitchen, you'll know I'm a really big fan of the work of Brene Brown. Her research has informed so much of what I do with families. I'm certified to facilitate the Daring Way, which is the curricula on shame resilience that her research has informed. If you don't know who she is, just Google Brene Brown vulnerability. You're welcome slash I'm sorry. You'll understand later. In one of her most recent episodes on her podcast, Unlocking Us, someone asked about when it is appropriate to use shame. She said never. And I 1000% agree. I'm not opposed to people feeling shame, but I never want to be the cause of it. I actually think that people are healthiest when they feel the full spectrum of emotions. 
I know most people would rather not feel a good portion of their feelings, but you have to be able to feel the dark to appreciate the light. Also, feelings all have messages they're trying to communicate to us. And if we shut them off, we're really missing out on what our true needs are. So while you might hear parents talk about the shame they feel or the shame they felt, you'll never hear me use shame as a tool for change. Number four, your child should not be your source of support through this. Parents, as you listen to this podcast and you start to think and feel and you want to talk about what you've heard, I beg you, turn to your therapist if you have one or a trusted confidant or even the Camp Wildheart community, but please don't turn to your kid unless it is to say how much you love them and are grateful you get to see them for who they really are. Children should not and cannot be responsible for your emotional distress. It's just too much of a burden for them to carry. You're meant to be their safe haven, not the other way around. One of the biggest distresses kids report about coming out is that they're worried about how it'll impact their parents and their immediate family and extended family. My point is that they're already carrying around so much. They need you to lighten the load, not add to it. As I said, we need to sit in the dark to appreciate the light. The darkness is a scary place when you're alone, but it is a sacred place when you sit in it with empathy. I happen to think that some of the most beautiful moments I've ever witnessed happen in the dark. It's my hope that one of the great learnings for parents listening to this podcast will be gaining a tolerance for sitting in the dark because they won't be alone. Listen to Camp Wildheart with your spouse, your friends, your extended family, or just know that other campers are sitting there with you. Just don't listen to it with your kid. Here's the thing. Our children badly need us to learn how to sit in the dark with them, but in the empathy seat. We can't sit in the empathy seat if we can't connect with something in us that knows that feeling. If you've never experienced gender dysphoria, that's okay. If you know what it's like to feel like nobody understands you or nobody really sees you, and if they did, they wouldn't like you anymore. Or another way of putting it, if you know isolation, invisibility, shame, fear, and rejection, you're qualified for that seat. Our children need us to use our empathy and combine it with unconditional love and affirmation to show them that regardless of their gender, they are worthy of the light. So focus on cultivating your empathy, unconditional love and affirmation when it comes to your relationship with your kid and don't use them for emotional support. Number five, a quote from Britt Hawthorne. The goal is not perfection. The goal is growth. If you find while you're listening, you experience emotional discomfort, good. That means we're doing this right. Growth requires discomfort. You literally cannot grow in your comfort zone. Hearing the stories of other parents and hearing their dark moments or their messy middle will very likely evoke an emotion. Get curious about it. Lean into it. Journal on it. Talk about it. Take it to your therapist or your best friend. This is the good stuff. There is no such thing as a perfect parent, and we really should do ourselves a favor and stop pretending that it's some achievable level of parenthood. It's not, and our kids shouldn't have to shoulder the burden of our perfectionism. Many people choose not to come out because of the burden and hardship they believe it places on their parents and families. I don't know about you, but for sure, I know that I 
don't want to create an environment that my kid feels like there's anything about them that makes them a burden I'm unwilling or unable to carry. There's no such thing as an easy kid or a hard kid. Kids are people and people are always complex. Sometimes it feels like our temperament is a better fit, which affects the challenges of our relationships with our kids. But ultimately as parents, it's our responsibility to create an environment in which our children can learn and grow. And to do that, we need to make it clear that we're growing alongside them, not to get it all exactly right or strive for perfection at all costs. Number six, look for the common humanity. Every story is going to be different. Yet, even as each family shares their story, I'm confident you'll be able to hear your own story reflected back in theirs. Common threads are almost always there if you look for them, just in the same way that if you walk around looking for all the signs that you're alone or not good enough, you'll see that too. So even as you hear stories that are different from yours and your families, look for what you really do have in common as imperfect humans and take comfort that you're not alone. Number seven, send us your questions. If you have questions you'd like to get answers to, I'm happy to either answer them myself or ask them of our experts when they come on. I am 100% confident that you are not the only person with your question. Also, if you have a heartwarming story about connecting with your child through affirmation, let us know that too. We love a good joy high. We know that raising a transgender kid brings up lots of questions. That's what we're here for. In fact, every episode has a segment devoted to answering your questions. So send them in. The best way to get them to us is to email them to camp at wildheartsociety.org. Okay, I think that pretty well covers it. All of us here at Camp Wildheart are so excited you're here. Showing up here means you're looking for a way to show your love to your child in a way they can understand and receive it. I don't think there's anything closer to real magic than love. We know from the research that it's the most important protective factor kids have against trauma and stress. How cool is that? Thanks for showing up today. I get so inspired by the work kids and families do and the way I've seen them grow together rather than apart. If you're as excited about camp as I am, I'd love for you to share Camp Wildheart with a friend. Let them know they can find it wherever they listen to podcasts, including on Spotify, Apple, and Stitcher. Also, remind them, it's 100% free. All right, go settle into your bunks, and I'll see you at campfire.